Hi, Mockingbird people. My name is Pastor John Glover. I'm the pastor here at First Lutheran Church in Gainesville, Florida. Now, Gainesville, Florida might ring a bell for you because the University of Florida is here. And our mascot is the Gators. Gator football, Gator basketball, Gator gymnastics. You name it, it's Gator. Even the businesses are Gator. And members of our church wear Gator clothing every day, including Sunday. Gators are a mascot, at least they were to me. You got to understand that I had zero experience with wildlife. I grew up in an inner suburb of New Jersey. My front lawn was about as narrow as a miniature golf putting hole and half its size. And then finally, when my dad or my grandpa, I can't remember when one of them got tired of it, they just cemented it over. Again, zero experience, maybe going to, to the zoo. So I get to the University of Florida, First Lutheran Church five years ago, and the president of my congregation who works for wildlife, uh, specifically water and wildlife, knows every body of water in the state, says to me, Pastor, when you see a body of water, a river, a lake, a puddle, no matter how big or how small, assume that there's an alligator in it. It was one of those moments where fiction became reality. You know, maybe you're growing up as a kid and you're watching a, a TV show, a, a police show, and there are these bad guys. But then you have that moment as you grow up, we realize that maybe the bad guys are real after all. So I got really wide-eyed. I said to my president, well, how do you survive a gator running after you? You know, I've read a little bit, you know, do you zig or do you zag? Do you try to get on its back and, and kind of swim with it in order to tire it out? He said to me, Pastor, the key to outrun a gator is to make sure that you're faster than the next guy. I'll let you play out what that means. We've all been kind of on the run, haven't we? And, and some of the things that were theoretical and some of the things that were fictitious to us have become reality. You know, we've got obviously the thing that's been on everybody's mind, which you're probably tired of talking about or thinking about, the pandemic. We've got opportunities, I'll call them that, opportunities to, to be homeschool parents where, where we weren't homeschool parents before. We've had to do a lot more parenting, in fact, than we're used to at this time of year. There's economic anxiety. There's, there's restlessness. There's a feeling that we often talk about at Mockingbird, this, this feeling that you're just not doing enough, that you're just not good enough. And there's almost this feeling like these things that were once fictitious to us are catching up to us, are tracking us down, and they're closing fast. The word for today is from Psalm 23, and those beautiful words of promise would say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. 
Now, the word actually is a little bit more intense. That's why I'm moving it back to the Gator story. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me. Pursue me. That's what we believe Jesus is doing. He's, he's the goodness and mercy. He's the one who is faster than anything. He runs besides us. He runs faster than anything that we can. Yeah, we believe that Jesus lets himself be captured by all the things that our fears represent. He lets them catch him. Sin, death, and the devil, we say on Good Friday, swallowed him up. But on Easter, he swallowed up death and sin forever. We're in this in-between time, though. Between his victory and ours. And those words of Psalm 23 echo in our minds. Yea, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of deep darkness and death. We walk rather than run because Jesus is with us. We walk because com God comforts us not only around it, but actually through it. Through it when we face that valley of the shadow of death. Are we afraid? Heck yeah. But when feelings fail, we cling to the promises of God. And there's a great illustration of that from the life of Martin Luther. His friend Philip, Philip Melanchthon, got very, very sick because of something that Luther did that stressed him out. So as Philip lay in the bed, Martin looks him over, goes over to the window, and starts praying to God. And one writer described it that he was praying to God in such a way, I think the verb that he used is something like he stormed God in a way that was even outrageous for him. First of all, I love that story, the idea that, well, maybe God can't be heard and in a room, so Martin has to go out to the window in order to shout at God in prayer. He berated God for imposing the suffering on his friend. And I love this quote. I rubbed God's ears with all the promises that he would hear our prayer, which I could recall from scripture, telling him that he had to listen to me if I were to trust his promise any other time. I invite you to do the same. Rub God's ears in his promises that he will hear and promise that he will go in with you through whatever valley you're facing during this time. He's got big ears. He's able to take it when we storm him. That's the grace. We can storm God. We could shout at God. We could lament we could hear the promises that he gives us 
that in the resurrection of Jesus, because he's taking care of the big things, he's going to be able to take care of us in any valley that we go through. God bless you, Mockingbird people. Hope to see you soon.